I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Emily Cunningham. And I'm Anthony Pettiford. Welcome to Gem City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We're from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. We are a few months out from the murder of George Floyd over Memorial Day weekend. And we today we are taking a look at where are we now in the state of protests and change that is occurring in workplaces, in communities, education systems, and all forms of social gatherings, even though we are social distancing. To start off, we are going to talk about Nan Whaley's announcements of her five-step plan to improve the Dayton Police Department. So I'm just going to read them off. Number one, increase transparency to report suspected police misconduct and strengthen the Citizen Appeal Board made up of community members. Number two, assess all recent incidents in which force was used by Dayton police to look at patterns and biases, which will inform a review of use of force policies. Number three, continue implicit bias and de-escalation trainings for all Dayton police officers. Number four, Review police recruitment, oversight, and selection processes to better identify any potential issues in new officers and increase diversity in the force. And number five, continue to deepen community engagement by rank and file officers to strengthen relationships with the people they serve and protect. It's a lot. It is quite the five-step plan. But at least there is a plan. Uh, that's an issue that I find with a lot of places right now is that they don't have any path forward. They say they're going to do something, but there's nothing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least we have something. And I, you know, I don't agree with everything, but at least we have, <laughs> at least we have a plan or something to adjust mm-hmm. and go forward exactly, with. Exactly. Yeah. Easy to say, oh, that was a terrible, terrible murder, and we're going to make change. Period. Mm-hmm. Like that's easy. It's a lot harder to say it was a terrible mor- murder. We're going to do something about it. And let me tell you right now, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think it's a good first step. The key to this and, you know, what I think we're going to talk about some today is actually following through on that plan, mm-hmm. making an action. And we're lucky enough to be in a small enough city where while actions aren't going to be super drastic, we can start making change that could be used in larger cities and larger areas. But yeah, it's it, this is a step forward. Do you think that this will lead to defunding the police? You know, I've thought a lot about this. And I think for some departments, it will lead to maybe a, a somewhat of an idea of defund the police. I, I don't think many departments or any, any departments for that matter are going to have this full-scale defund the police that I think some people are calling for. But... I think that it does really raise the question of, like, why are our police given so many tasks? I mean, police on a fundamental level, their their goal is protection and their goal is law enforcement. And a lot of the calls that our officers have to respond to are, are not those things. And I think a lot of officers that you will talk to would even probably agree with the idea of defund the police. They probably wouldn't agree with the language defund the police. Yeah, I think that's where that 
that trips a lot of people up. Mm-hmm. Redistribute the police. Right. Redistribute yeah. that that wealth because I don't think you're going to find anyone who's going to say like a social worker responding to a suicide would be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But we are in a country that views itself, or even a society that views everything through money. So the idea of losing money feels like a negative thing. Like, even if we're not using that money, like the thought process is, well, we can't now, you know, afford to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, you didn't need that money for that anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think, too, it's it's an attack. I mean, if you're yes. a law enforcement officer, it seems like an attack. And I can understand that. I can understand the perspective, you know, I know a lot of law enforcement, like, departments are underfunded in their mind. Like, call time sometimes can go into hours. I know in mm-hmm. Dayton, like, if you have a package stolen, the officer's not going to be there in five minutes. They might show up in two or three hours. You might have left. I actually did a ride-along, and the person had literally left their house by the time that we had shown up. It had taken so long. Um, so I think for a lot of law enforcement, and and I can understand their perspective, like, it's hard to look at this and say, geez, we already have a hard time responding to those calls. How are we supposed to do that if you take 25, 50, 75% of our budget? I think the answer is, well, you're not going to be responding to all the same calls. There's going to be a dispatcher who says, oh, you know, this is a mental health emergency. I'm going to dispatch Emily over here, who's a mental health expert. Oh, this is a medical emergency. I'm going to, you know, dispatch EMT Anthony. Anthony and Emily are not experts in those fields. Um, (laughs) But, you know, to me, I think that's the answer is like the calls are going to be going to different places um, from some sort of central dispatch location. Yeah, I don't think realistically that we're going to get to that point quickly, Mm -hmm. if ever. I think it's going to be one of those instances where we're going to have to do it in a small city, even smaller than us. even a city maybe or a village this has a yellow springs where you can then say we have not only have three or four officers but we also have hired you know three or four social workers as well and now these social workers are on the call or an officer is partnered with a social worker who have to go in but no i yeah i don't think it's going to happen right away unfortunately but i think it will i think it's going to have to well, big cities have already started um, cutting their police budgets. Some of them are Baltimore, Seattle, Philadelphia, and Hartford. Well, you know, I'm curious, as we look at like a wide scale transformation, as to how these kind of case study cities are able to respond to that change. Is it going to be effective? Is it going to have the response that people want? Because um, ultimately, like this, that's what this is about. You know, but are they doing anything with it? So like, yeah, are if they I, reallocating it? To, yeah, like if I hear they're taking money away, it sounds like a punishment because they're not actively mm-hmm. doing anything with that money. Mm-hmm. So you know, and everyone believes that, you know, there's a stigma of the government being corrupt. So they're taking that money away from the police department and they're not doing anything with it. So it that seems shady in itself for some people. Whereas if they had actively said, you can keep that money until we figure out this program, and then we start to funnel the money over and, right. you know, make it work. But until you see the actual product of it, it just sounds like you're taking money away for for what reason, aside from you are now appeasing the the, the, the mass. Like, we're, we're calling for defund the police, and that's not what we're asking for. We're ask, we are asking for redistribution of the wealth mm-hmm. is what we're asking for. But what they're giving us is the thing that we're telling people that is not like the poor phrasing that we're using. I know I'm being very confusing with this, 
we're not asking for them to take money away, but that's what they're doing. What mm-hmm. we want them to do is to put it into other programs, and that's what they're not doing. Right. So rather than saying, you know, hey, Dayton Police Department, here's five, you know, $50,000 less than normal, saying, hey, Dayton Police Department, like, we're going to take this $50,000 chunk from your budget, and we're going to put it over here to start establishing a social work um, branch, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. And you're no longer as, you know, as pulled thin as they were before. Like you said, if we're not calling an officer for, you know, there's someone on the street and they're having an episode, you know, now we're not pulling two officers who can be doing something else onto this call. We could train social workers to handle low resistance situations where they can learn how to defend themselves and de-escalate a situation or physically have to hold someone down until, you know, backup arrives versus, you know, trying to teach someone who is taught to, you know, handle the most severe situations. Other changes that have been made include Nike, Twitter, and Vox Media declaring Juneteenth a paid holiday. Walmart has stopped selling guns and they've also stopped locking up black hair care products that were previously locked up in select stores. Oh, and just like one last thing, when I was doing this research, I noticed that a lot of the articles that were coming up were like dated mid-July and like prior. There was nothing from this month or not a lot, I guess I should say, probably not nothing. But yeah, I just kind of thought that was interesting because we were talking about it earlier, like how long do we think that this is going to like keep its momentum? Mm-hmm. Is it a movement or a moment? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think <clears throat> the first moments after some sort of event are always going to be the loudest. I mean, that's when everyone's releasing a statement. That's when I'm going to announce my steps. And, and not all of the times after that statement or those steps have been announced do I say, all right, hey, just so you know, I've completed step one. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, here at NCCJ, we release a statement with, I think, seven or eight steps on it. And we're not posting every time we've completed one and saying, like, check off the box, right? Because yeah. um, it's an ongoing process. So I do think a level of it is that it's newsworthy at the beginning and the process is not so newsworthy. But also, unfortunately, I do think a level of it is, like, we hopped on the bandwagon. Not, you know, not talking about us personally, but, like, there's plenty of organizations where, all right, in the midst of this crisis, like we have to post something because our consumers expect that. And then we can get back to business as usual where I think what we're looking for is not business as usual. I mean, right now we're in the midst of anything but business as usual, but we're more looking at like, show us how you're actually going to make systemic changes within your company. Is it, we're gonna make systemic changes by doing a huge overhaul of our hiring processes. We're gonna be strategic about putting diverse individuals on our product teams, on our board of directors, you know, like really reflect, you know, have your company reflect these anti-racist standards that are becoming more mainstream at this time. And that's why I feel that the June, like Nike and them doing a Juneteenth paid holiday seems like a false solution to me because like you said, instead of, instead of giving everyone a paid day off, you know, everyone change something add more people to your board, diversify, you know, take off certain questions off your application. Don't ask for race or ethnicity anymore, you know, make those kind of changes, but don't give a false or empty, uh, an empty solution. Like you said, I agree with what you said, like change those things versus something hollow. Well, you know, and I, 
I am all for like making Juneteenth a holiday and things like that, but there has to be some substance behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we're going to make it a holiday, do people understand why it's a holiday? Or do people just think, sweet, I'm going to go to the pool with my kids? You know, mm-hmm. like there needs to be an educational component. Are you doing things in your stores that reflect like, hey, here's what we do on June 19th, you know? So it really needs to be more than just a, a vacation day or more than a, as you said, a hollow, just like public statement. Mm-hmm. A statement is important, but it's here's why we do this statement and here's the actions that support that statement. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Gym City Diversity. Come back next week as we dive deeper into diversity and inclusion. For more information on NCCJ and diversity within the Miami Valley, visit our website, www.nccjgreaterdayton.org. Make sure to like NCCJ of Greater Dayton on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at nccj underscore of underscore greater underscore Dayton. And follow us on Twitter at nccjdayton.